Appointments for the newly approved Pfizer COVID-19 shot for kids ages 5 to 11 were in high demand in the capital region this week. As the inoculation of younger children begins, it does beg the question, while pediatricians' offices, pharmacies, and clinics might be prepared with ample doses of the vaccine, are they also stocked with enough post-shot lollipops? Coming up on this episode of The Eagle, we'll go over the top headlines. It is 10 hours of fairly uncut, unfiltered Andrew Cuomo at his most legalistic. We'll talk to Christy Gustafson Barletti about what happened when she asked her social media followers if they plan to vaccinate their children. There were almost 300 comments, and I want to say it was a surprisingly civil conversation. And who here has done all their holiday shopping? I certainly haven't, so it's a good time to talk to the shoppertoonist, Shannon Froma, about some sweet Black Friday deals. Black Friday is absolutely still a thing, um, but it's kind of morphed and continues to morph from a one-day shopping event to kind of a multi-week event. This is The Eagle, a Times Union podcast, a look inside our newsroom. I'm Jessica Marshall. If you're enjoying this podcast, take advantage of all the Times Union has to offer and support our efforts to bring in you award-winning journalism by becoming a Times Union member today. Go to timesunion.com slash subscribe. Welcome to The Eagle. I'm Jessica Marshall. First up, let's go over what appeared this week in The Times Union and on timesunion.com. We are here once again with Times Union Editor-in-Chief Casey Seiler to go over the top headlines. Let's start with the state attorney general releasing transcripts of rather lengthy marathon-style interviews done with uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo. So can you set the stage here for us? Yeah, these were the interviews that were conducted with the governor. Uh, His session runs more than 10 hours of questioning by June Kim who was one of the outside attorneys who was hired by the Office of State Attorney General Letitia James to conduct the interview into the sexual misconduct allegations against the former governor. Those were released Wednesday morning in somewhat but not very redacted fashion, along with interviews with several of the women who made allegations against the governor, including Brittany Camisso, Lindsay Boylan, uh, and Charlotte Bennett, uh, as well as some of some of the other women who made somewhat less serious allegations against him of you know inappropriate remarks, but certainly the allegations brought by Bennett, Boylan, and certainly Brittany Camisso are I, I think it's fair to say the most serious that the governor faces. Brittany Camisso's allegation that the governor groped her in the executive mansion uh, back in December is now the basis for the misdemeanor forcible touching criminal complaint that was brought two weeks ago against the governor. And certainly I think most of the attention was focused on the governor's transcript. Uh, Factually, there is not a ton of uh, new material there, but it is 10 hours of fairly uncut, unfiltered, Andrew Cuomo at his most legalistic, at times tetchy, uh, at times very uh, forgetful. Uh, he, If you did a shot every time the governor said he couldn't recall something, you would be killed over dead of alcohol poisoning very quickly. We do not advise this, by the way. Uh, we do not. <laughs> no, 
don't play the Cuomo transcript game. But um, it's a remarkable read. I, I do hope, you know, if people go on timesunion.com and read Brendan Lyons's story about this, many of these transcripts, including the governor's, are linked there. I, I do recommend that people kind of dip in and read at least portions of it. It's uh, a remarkable window on the Cuomo administration under oath, uh, which is, of course, something that you rarely get from someone who held as much political power as Andrew Cuomo did when he sat for this interview. So as a special treat, we are going to have a, uh, I'm going to call it a dramatic reading of part of this transcript starring you as the former governor and our own reporter, Rob Gavin, as uh, June Kim, the attorney who was questioning the former governor. And this just just to set it up is a portion of the transcript that that I noticed was really remarkable and gives a sense of just how you know testy some of these exchanges were. And this was in a, a portion of the interview where the governor was being asked whether or not he had ever compared Lindsey Boylan to a woman he had been said to have dated, who was his girlfriend. That woman was. Uh, Lisa Shields. And uh, the allegation by Lindsey Boylan is that uh, she was told that the governor had, had said or suggested that she was a clone of Lisa Shields. And what results is uh, an investigation into exactly what a girlfriend is. So my question was actually, was she a girlfriend of yours? She was a friend. How do you want to define girlfriend? Did you date her? How do you want to define date? How do you define date? But it doesn't matter how I define date. How do you define date? Because it's your question. My question is, you don't understand the question of, first, I'll go to my earlier question. Was she your girlfriend? You don't understand that question? I, was she my girlfriend meaning? Do you understand what a girlfriend is? Well, girlfriend means different things to different people. Okay. What does it mean to you? What a girlfriend means to me may be different than what a girlfriend means to you. What does it mean to you? It doesn't matter what it means to me. It matters what you want to know. I'd like to know whether you thought she is, was a girlfriend of yours. Do you not understand? What is your understanding of a girlfriend? I don't know what... My understanding doesn't matter. It actually does, though, with all respect. She is a friend who is, okay, it is a friend who is a girl. That's how you define girlfriend? Yes. Okay, how about someone you date, have relations with? Have relations? Kiss. You kiss. You go on dates. Would you go on dates? Did I kiss her? Yes. There was a period of time that I kissed her. Okay, you kissed Lisa Shields? Yes. You went on dates with her? She was a friend, and we did activities together. Okay. You kissed her on the mouth? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, I think, a general... And you have relations with? Nowadays. Physical relations with? Nowadays, Mr. Kim, I believe you have to be very careful about how you define what term. Girlfriend could mean this. I... She is a woman who was a friend who I did see romantically for a period of time. Okay. If you define girlfriend as a woman friend who you see romantically for a period of time, was Lisa Shields a girlfriend of yours? 
If that is your definition, yes. For more of the transcript and our reporting on the release of these documents, visit timesunion.com. Check out our Capital Confidential section. Okay, moving down to Ulster County, where a trooper who was charged in the death of a young girl uh, has been granted no bail. Uh, Can you tell us what the latest is there? Yeah, this is the case against Christopher Balder, who is still in Ulster County Jail because a judge has not yet granted uh, bail in his case. He stands charged with intentionally ramming, bumping uh, a vehicle that uh, carried a family, causing it to flip. And an 11-year-old girl who was inside the vehicle was killed. Trooper Baldner had uh, allegedly uh, done this before, used this tactic of ramming somebody. It is a tactic that while it is in the handbook, it is supposed to be used only in the most extreme circumstances. And as uh, Roger Hannigan-Gilson, our our reporter, you know, tracked down, it is highly unusual for a law enforcement officer not to get bail, noting that Derek Chauvin, who was subsequently convicted of killing George Floyd in Minneapolis, uh, was in fact granted bail in that case, very high bail, but he got it. It it is, of course, possible that Trooper Baldner will uh, receive bail as this case winds its way through the justice system. But right now, despite arguments made by his attorney that he is not a flight risk, he he remains in county jail down in Ulster County. All right, more on that on timesunion.com. And finally, a local man has been dubbed the 2021 Sexiest Man Alive by People Magazine. Tell us more. Yes, Jess, this is um, absolutely not hype to suggest that Paul Rudd, despite the fact that he was born in Passaic, New Jersey, raised, attended college in uh, the Midwest and a couple of years in Los Angeles, that because he now has a home in Rhinebeck, he is, in fact, a Hudson Valley resident. So that's right, kids. An upstate New Yorker uh, has been dubbed the sexiest man alive by People magazine. You know, we will, of course, claim him as our own, as if he were born in Rhinebeck, raised in Rhinebeck, never left Rhinebeck, and achieved sexiness uh, in the Hudson Valley. So, congratulations to son of the Hudson Valley, longtime Rhinebeck resident, Paul Rudd. <laughs> All right. Congrats to Paul Rudd. Uh, Can't wait to see him in the next Marvel film. Casey, thank you so much for joining us, and we will check back in with you next week. Jess, always a pleasure. Thank you for directing Rob and I in that uh, that dramatic reading from the Cuomo transcript. Yes, a masterful performance. Well, I'm definitely going to have that song stuck in my head for the rest of the day. That's Matthew Sweet's 1991 single, Girlfriend. Anyway, you can read more about the Cuomo transcript and all the stories and the issues that we discuss on this podcast at timesunion.com. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the rollout of COVID-19 vaccinations for kids ages 5 to 11 began in the last week. That's following the FDA and CDC approval that came down in the first week of November. To get a sense of what Capital Region parents are thinking about this, Christy Gustafson-Barletti took to social media. 
And what did she find out? I pulled her aside to learn more. You knew that you were going to pose the question of, will you vaccinate your kids? You know, as soon as we heard that it was likely that the vaccination, the Pfizer vaccination was going to be approved by the FDA and the CDC for kids 5 to 11. So just sort of start there. What was your thought process as soon as you knew that this was a certainty? You know, it was funny. I was actually a little nervous about putting that post up because we know that two things, two of the things that people are most judgmental about are parenting and vaccinations. So you get those two things together and I feel like you just have a commenting inferno, right? So I wondered, how is this going to go? Is it going to be people attacking one another? But there were almost 300 comments and I want to say it was a surprisingly civil conversation. Okay. So tell me more about the comments. So it was interesting. I asked the question and said, if you are a parent of a child who is between the ages of five and 11, do you plan to get your child vaccinated? The people who said no just said no. The people who said yes said yes and explained why. And I don't know why that was, right? Do we feel like we need to defend our choice if it's a yes, but not defend it if it's a no? And then I was almost glad that the people who were no weren't necessarily defending themselves because I didn't want to get started down the the rabbit hole of inaccurate information, right? That's a big concern. Anytime yeah. you talk about COVID-19 these days on social media. Exactly. And I, and as you and I have discussed in previous podcasts and, and I've written about in other columns, there are opinions and then there are facts, right? I can have an opinion and a choice not to vaccinate my child or an opinion and, and a choice to vaccinate my child. But then where you get into the wrong is when people say yes, but, and here's something that's wrong or no, but, and here's something that's inaccurate. And we didn't see a lot of that. I really respected the fact that people in general were able to have a civilized conversation and respect the parents who didn't necessarily have the same views or the same choices as they did, but were able to say, okay, you're doing that for your family. I'm doing this for my family. Those are different decisions, but we can coexist. And I was shocked that that was how that went because that's not how anything goes ever. You and me both. Do you want to highlight some of the most interesting comments? So there were several interesting comments that came up. And like I said, there are more than 300 comments. So so weeding through them is is tough. But there is one woman who said, my daughter has been in quarantine from school five times since we had COVID last September. She also wow. took COVID test number 20 yesterday. And she's seven. It made my decision that much easier. Yes, my children, seven and 10, will be getting it. And then there's other people who have said, I homeschool my children. I homeschool my children. We're kind of here as a family. I don't plan to change that. And therefore, right now, I am not getting it done. But as I also said, it was interesting because the people who chose no rarely explain themselves, whereas the people who chose yes did explain themselves. So there's not as many examples of people who said no, and here is why. It was just like, no, I'm not doing it. And that's what I've decided. There is an added layer of pressure, I think, that it's a global pandemic at this point, right? And people's are watching. You and I both had this experience where we're watching kids in our kids' schools coming down with COVID and mm-hmm. kids having to quarantine and such. So there's an additional level of pressure and emotional angst and, and things coming down on this decision. You know, it feels very life or death. I don't know. There's there's so many decisions that we make as parents that that feel so laden. And I think your whole life as a parent is making these decisions that uh, are stressful and make you nervous. 
And I think in the end, most people with whatever decision they decide all along the way end up feeling okay about that, right? And I mm-hmm. do think that part of making a decision is talking with friends and family. But I think the most important person to talk with here, besides obviously your your spouse, your partner, or the other parent, the co-parent, is your child's doctor. And that came up a lot in mm. my feed. And it's not even just your child's pediatrician, right? Some children have specialists for different reasons, whether they maybe have diabetes or epilepsy or something else. And a lot of the parents said, look, I plan to speak to my pediatrician, but I also want to speak to my child's specialist for whatever it is that he or she sees a specialist for. And I think those things are important too, because I know my friends and and I know I've talked to my friends and my family about it and they say, what are you planning to do? And it's a natural conversation, right? It's something we all talk about because it is such a huge topic right now. We can talk to our friends and we can figure out what we all want to do. And and I've done it too. I'm curious what my friends want to do as well. But at the end of the day, it's those experts, right? It's It's the statistics and the facts and the medical experts and the people who have been building these vaccines for years and and things like that. Those are the people to me that we look to and we trust and we listen to versus someone we know or someone we don't know on social media. You must have noticed, as I did, that as soon as, you know, the vaccinations were approved and, you know, different places, whether it be pediatricians offices or clinics or whatever, started distributing the vaccine, that people were posting photos of their kids receiving the vaccine or if their kids afterward proudly displaying their Band-Aid or whatever the case may be. Like, what do you think of that and the power that that might have to to sway people? Maybe there's a little FOMO or maybe people <laughs> who are on the fence are like, okay, wait, I'm seeing all these other people do it. Okay, now I feel much more confident. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I asked my, my one daughter who's seven, I said, are kids at school talking about it? Because I was curious, right? Are kids saying, I'm getting this done. I have an appointment or I got it done since now we're, you know, we've had about a week of it. And she said that she hasn't heard her classmates talking about it yet. Now, like I said, she's seven. So maybe the slightly older group has heard about it. But I do know uh, some of my friends' kids who are a little bit older, they said that their children have gone to the parents and said, hey, when am I getting it done? And this is not parents who don't want it. It's just their it's how often do you hear of kids asking for a shot, right? <laughs> you thinking, certainly wouldn't have heard me asking for a shot. <laughs> right. Most kids are thinking, I don't want the doctor's appointment that has to have a shot. But I have seen that dozens of times come up. I've even been in situations where the kids are right there when the parent is saying it. So you know the parent's not just writing it, on again, on social media to make it seem like a good thing to say. Sure. Children, children are asking. And And there's even families, one woman said, look, I'm terrified about it, but my husband says it's happening. So it's happening. Again, you, you make the decision that's best for you, but maybe you need a little push one way or the other. And your spouse or your co-parent or your partner is there to do that and to, to help you make that decision together. So we got a flavor of the conversation that went on in the thread on your Facebook page. It, to your surprise, it was not divisive. You know, there were no fights. Nobody had to be banned from Facebook that, you know, out of like 300 comments. You can't say no fights. There was like, there was one thread that went off with a woman who doesn't even have a child. So that I, we're just sort of ignoring that one. But everyone else on that thread, everyone who has a child was respectful. And that's the most I can ask for. Sure. Absolutely. Now, going forward, you know, as this vaccine becomes more widely available to kids 5 to 11, some of the parents, I thought it was interesting on your feed, had the concern about where they would get the vaccine, whether it was in some way more advantageous to maybe get it from a pediatrician as opposed to a clinic, like, you know, some of us might have gotten our vaccines. What, What do you make of the comments like that? 
Yes, a couple of parents talked about how their schools were working to do a clinic at the school. And then obviously some area pharmacies are doing it and have already done the vaccines for children. And then there's the third place, which would be the pediatrician's office. And there were definitely some parents who said, I plan to do it. I even have an appointment to do it, but I'm only doing it at the pediatrician's office. A clinic is not for me or the or the um, pharmacy is not for me. And I they didn't give a reason. And I don't think it's a matter of not trusting a pharmacy and not trusting a clinic. I think maybe it's because your child has familiarity at the pediatrician's office, right? that the doctors and the nurses, they see at least once a year. And, and maybe there's just a, a comfort level for both the parent and the child at the pediatrician's office. Yes, that's a great point, I think, because for us, for adults, like we don't really have, I mean, obviously some people probably do have hangups about getting shots. It's not a pleasant experience, but, but we're a little bit more used to it, I guess. And the idea of going to kind of a less personal clinic might not scare us as much. Right. And you know, several children get flu shots too, right? And they might've done that mm-hmm. recently. So it's like, oh, I'm just going back to the doctor's office. Yes, I, I got a flu shot as a child here a month or two months ago or whatever. And now I'm back for this. And I think it maybe feels a little less scary and a little less daunting for the children. And either way, a lollipop afterward is in order. (laughs) A lollipop and a sticker will do it every time. After the break, have you done any holiday shopping yet? Have you even thought about it? Black Friday's coming up and we'll hear from the Shoppertoonist. Hi, I'm Casey Seiler, editor of the Times Union. Join us for an ongoing discussion on major developments in the saga of Keith Raniere, co-founder of Nexium, the shadowy upstate New York organization at the center of the explosive federal investigation that resulted in Raniere's conviction on charges of extortion, sex trafficking, and more. We talk to former members of Nexium, discuss the latest news, and preview the likely next twists in this bizarre and disturbing story. You can find Nexium on trial at timesunion.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. You're listening to The Eagle, a Times Union podcast. I'm Jessica Marshall. Is it just me, or does the holiday season start earlier and earlier each year? Maybe just saying that makes me a little grinchy, but whether you like it or not, it's definitely true this year, at least when it comes to Black Friday and the shopping frenzy that it inspires. The day after Thanksgiving has become legendary in recent decades, heralding a busy month of gatherings and gift-giving. But since the pandemic began, Black Friday is no longer just a day. It's practically a state of mind. I recently caught up with the shopportunist, columnist Shannon Froma, to talk about the evolution of this shopping, quote, day, and what to look out for this year if you want to find some good deals on holiday gifts. Every year, Halloween happens, and then the next day, you know, it's like an instant switch and, you know, the radio stations are playing 24-7 holiday music and the decor starts popping up. So that all means Black Friday's coming up. But is Black Friday still a thing? Like, do people still go out to stores? Is that what's the landscape here? Yeah, you know, Black Friday is absolutely still a thing, um, but it's kind of morphed and continues to morph from a one day shopping event to kind of a multi-week event. 
you know, and after an unprecedented 2020 holiday shopping season, you know, those concerns over COVID and shipping delays really are going to continue into this year. But perhaps even more worrisome is the ongoing supply chain crisis. You know, merchants big and small are struggling to unload goods from those delayed shipping containers off the coast and loading them onto store shelves before the holiday rush. So really, that's why it's so super important to get ahead of the holiday shopping curve this year. You know, the upshot is the coalescence of these consumer-related issues have spurred many stores to launch early Black Friday sales. So, you know, as soon as Halloween was over, those sales started. It's a great opportunity for consumers to get a head start on shopping, spread out spending, save money, and really to make sure those gifts arrive on time, because I truly believe that that's going to be one of the biggest issues this year. Can you go through some of the most notable sales that have begun early this year? Yeah, Walmart launched its sale the other day. Um, It's called Black Friday Deals for Days. But the good news is they have kind of um, three separate promotional events. The next is going to begin November 10th and run through the 13th. And then they're going to launch their biggest right before Black Friday. Um, They're kind of a little cagey still with some of those details. So stay tuned for those. Again, as soon as Halloween was over, Amazon began tempting shoppers with its early Black Friday deals, you know, and this is weeks of revolving sales and just about every popular category, toys, apparel, home, electronics, and more. Best Buy has revealed several pre-holiday sales events and is offering a price guarantee. So if you purchase something now and the price drops, you know, around Black Friday, you can be refunded the difference. Ooh. Yeah, you know, so, you know, it's good because you you don't have to stress whether or not, you know, buying something now, if that's a good idea or if you should wait, you know, you can just do it now with some peace of mind knowing that you will get your money back. You know, honestly, that's like one of the reasons why I have shied away from going to Black Friday sales on Black Friday. It's just too stressful. (laughs) It is too stressful. So some of these retailers are taking the stress out of it. Target is actually doing the same thing. They have their holiday price match guarantee. So you can request a price adjustment on all items purchased through Christmas Eve if the retailer lowers the price um, in the season. You know, and they've also got a flurry of early Black Friday deals going on right now. And, you know, stores like Kohl's, JCPenney, Dick's Sporting Goods, Sam's Club, and Macy's have also um, started their early Black Friday events. You know, so there's a lot of shopping that can be done now. But, you know, with all the sales, coupons, doorbusters, doom and gloom, you know, it is easy to become overwhelmed and feel pressure to take advantage of all the offers, fearing you'll miss out if you don't, especially with all the news these days. Yeah, FOMO has been a real thing this past year and a half in all aspects of life, really. (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it has a lot of people worrying, you know, and stressing whether or not they're going to have the right gifts under the Christmas tree this year. Um, So, you know, it's kind of important, you know, to map out a holiday shopping strategy, create a list now and do your homework to avoid some misleading sales research products and prices. You know, one of my favorite things to do is take a sneak peek at the Black Friday ads as they break online because they do. And there's a good site called blackfriday.com I always go to. You know, and and if you see something that may be hard to buy next month, you know, I suggest grabbing it now just in case because, you know, even if it costs a couple dollars more, you know, the fear of missing out will be worse. You know, the Black Friday is here. It is a thing. And there's a lot to look forward to. I think, you know, I think there are going to be some amazing sales this year. So what about the day of Black Friday itself? Say there are people, I mean, I know there are people out there who really get a thrill from actually being there in the moment in that all of that excitement. Do you have any like strategies for that for this year? 
Last year, not a lot of people were willing to go out to stores because of COVID. So I think in-person shopping is going to be much bigger deal this year. Of course, most retailers will be closed Thanksgiving, which is you know a really great thing. So expect you know some pretty bustling shops shops on Black Friday. It's going to be busy. My best advice is to always again be patient, kind of map out your strategy, go as far as going on each retailer's website and going over their ad. Many will offer app, like literal maps of their stores so you can figure out exactly where the items are that you want to find so that you're not kind of wading through a sea of like chaos. So you can really hone in on what it is you want and get in and out as quickly as possible. One of my other favorite things to do, and what this is kind of more if you're shopping online, but you know, shop through a cashback website so that when you're making your online purchases, you can earn a little cash back. I mean, I've made, not to sound like I'm bragging or anything, but like several hundred dollars doing that over the years. And if you're going to shop online anyway, it's a great way to um, keep a little more coin in your pocket. What are some of those, uh, some examples of those types of sites? The sites I tend to go to the most are uh, retailmenot.com and rakuten.com. They're super easy. You can sign up and you'll when you sign up, you'll even possibly get a bonus of as much as $10 just for simply signing up. So it's worth it. Wow, that's pretty awesome. All right. What are the hot items this year? Are there is it has anything kind of risen to the surface as like a hot buy? Like I know a couple of years ago everybody wanted an instant pot and you know, there's always a toy. What what's hot this year? The big popular items this year seem to be a lot of those Amazon devices. They've unveiled several new ones this year. Fitness watches continue to be a really big thing. Televisions, I mean, the, there's going to be a TV literally in the cover of every single Black Friday ad because that is the best time of year to purchase a TV. Laptops, Walmart's offering one, a Chromebook, a Samsung Chromebook for $87 this Black Friday. Um, wow. So that's like a tremendous deal, especially since they were so very hard to find last year. Um, and smart home devices continue to be another very popular Black Friday item. So basically all tech tech stuff seems to be the hottest. Very tech. I, I don't have small kids anymore. So honestly, I haven't really looked at some of the big toys this year. I do have little nieces. I know they're really into Barbies. <laughs> so um, a lot of those <laughs> products tend to be really popular with the little ones. There's always something. And... Again, my best advice is if there is something really special that your little one wants, get it sooner rather than later because I, you know, you don't want to run the risk of it running out of, of stock or shipping way too late. All right, that's it for this week. I'm Jessica Marshall. We'll be back next week with another look inside the newsroom here at the Times Union. In the meantime, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Or head over to timesunion.com for the latest news and features. The Eagle is a production of the Times Union. It's produced and edited by me, Jessica Marshall, with help from the Times Union digital team and the newsroom. Special thanks this week to Casey Seiler, Rob Gavin, Christy Gustafson-Barletti, and Shannon Froma for their contribution to this episode. <laughs>